0: Hello, you're listening to the Star Wars special of Just the One Podcast. Actually, my name is Jake.
1: And my name is Adam. This episode, we're going to be taking a look at the entire Star Wars saga, going from the original films in the 70s and 80s all the way up to Rise of Skywalker from 2019. So we'll be looking at the good, the bad, and the really, really shit. Let's get into it. No luck catching them swans, then. It's just the one swan,
0: actually. Yeah, I feel like we should talk about the good stuff before we go into the bad stuff later on in this episode. Um because there is some really, really, really <laughs> bad stuff that I wanna get yeah, into. Let's start off um, nice and easy. But no, let's let's start off with how we both really f- fell in love with Star Wars. I remember first watching Star Wars on a videotape. Um copied over from I think it must have been like ITV because I had adverts in it Um, and I would sit and watch all three films of the original trilogy on repeat um, with the adverts included. I remember even watching them I was just fell in love with them and then obviously as a kid you have um, the Lego and you have the video games and you have the toys and it's sort of engraved engraved into it as a kid is that you have to love star wars certainly that's how i felt about it um but that's not to say that the original trilogy is bad the original trilogy is absolutely amazing um i still watch the original trilogy at least twice a year um because they're just fantastic films
1: yeah 100 on board with you there jake i think uh those original films not only do they stand the test of time but do the perfect platform to to launch this massive franchise that it's, I think undoubtedly the well, the most successful franchise, the most famous franchise. I've never met anyone who doesn't know what Star Wars is, whether they've seen the films or whether they like them. hundred percent. Everyone knows what Star Wars is. It's everywhere you go. You can't, you can't escape it. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like you said, those first three films are absolutely unbelievable. And that's way below the surface of sci-fi and basically
0: fighting in space. Yeah, exactly. The the first film, let's let's not like beat around the bush or anything. The first film come out it, it had no right to be as good as it, it was. It was made on a shoestring budget for its time. Um it had a lot of costumes and prop designs and stuff like that that looked absolutely like so tacky. Um if you actually go back and rewatch, if you actually, if you if you're lucky enough to watch the first film, how it came out in the cinema, you'll notice so many differences. Um, there's a bit in it where Jabba the Hutt is introduced. Jabba the Hutt wasn't a slug in the first film. Jabba the Hutt was a fella. He was a fat fella <laughs> who looked like <laughs> Phil Mitchell in a hat. And Han Solo was trying to do him a bargain. Jabba the Hutt wasn't wasn't really in the first film, even though he was in the film because he was just some fat, fat bloke. Um, but that goes into, like, George Lucas was never happy with the original films, apparently, and every DVD release is like, uh, he remastered it, each one. Right. Not, not that he wasn't happy with the content of the film because I think the story of the film, um, uh, there's a reason why it's gone on to be so good is because the story of the film, the narrative... Mm. It it stands the test of time. It's absolutely amazing, I think, the story. um, Deals with um, father and son problems, should we say. Um, I won't go any further until (laughs) we talk about it. But it deals with that. It deals with, obviously, the scoundrel falling in love with the princess, like a lady and the tramp sort of Mm. deal. Um, There's the sassy droids. There's... (laughs) There's there's the Wookiee. No one ever knew what a Wookiee was until that film came out and now everyone loves loves the Wookiees. <laughs> I think the original films are just so good. Mm. And I think if certainly if I'm showing the original films to someone who hasn't seen them before, they do appreciate them. Yeah. Um and they do do they, they do come away with it saying actually that was a really good film. But yeah, which which one would you say is your favorite? out of the original three.
1: All um, of the original three. A New Hope is my favorite for sure. Over Empire. Yep.
0: Yep. Over. Uh, <sighs> Over both of them. I do. <laughs> I do love all three of them. I will say. I just think Empire Strikes Back is one of the best films ever made. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I I just I don't even watch all three of them. Sometimes I just watch Empire Strikes Back because oh, really? it's absolutely amazing. I love it a bit. It's like. It's just brilliant like the yeah. whole story of it and the, the you know the walk is at the start of the film mm. Darth Vader it gets a lot more dialogue and a lot more character development in it yeah true yeah. Um, there's Han Solo and Leia playing off each other a bit um, Yoda comes into it mm. and um, starts training <laughs> training Luke have you ever seen a um, little if, you, if anyone's up for a laugh while you're in lockdown um, there's a bad lip reading of Yoda, and it's called The seagull. so just type in oh, Seagulls, God, yeah. Yoda, and you'll watch it, and you'll find it even, and it's absolutely hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, every time I watch that scene now, I can't help but think of that song. But no, I think Empire Strikes, that's not to say New Hope isn't a bad film, yeah. New Hope's an amazing film that john williams score when the moons are when it's the two moons mm. um it just hits you every time um obi-wan's in it obi-wan yeah. is my favorite character um it's it, it, all three films they're fantastic and it's sort of it gets obviously when it came out kids fell in love with it and then yeah they grew up and they showed their kids it and then they fell in love with it i think it will for the next 30 years still stand the test of time and be absolutely universally adored 100% well the original well, well the original free will
1: yeah i mean obviously what what's happened to star wars since those three films is uh, is questionable but i think you're right it's it's always going to be there i can't imagine it ever fading away it's too it's too big of a
0: no it's too big, of big a now franchise. George has gone in too deep. He's got you. He, he can't pull out now. Um, yeah, but you're right. It's 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 on everything now, isn't it? It's like video games. It's yeah. Um, so you can go and get a can from a vendor machine, and, and Yoda's face will pop out exactly. at the bottom of it on a on a sprite. Um,
1: <laughs> I think uh, last episode you, you, we were talking about some some bits, and uh, the, you started talking about the Mandalorian. So, um, even me as a Star Wars fan, I still haven't started watching that yet, but that's just my own preference. I want to binge the whole thing in one go when it's all out on Disney Plus over here. But I think, obviously, you look at tweets about Baby Yoda on Twitter, and they've got millions and millions of likes. How many of those people have even seen Star Wars? Exactly. That's what I mean. It is absolutely
0: everywhere. I have a friend who, um, shout out to Erin, I don't know if she's even listening to the podcast, but I hope she is, (laughs) but... Last time I saw her, so so I've been saying to her, no, please watch Star Wars for years and years and years, yeah. and uh, she still hadn't seen it, and then the last time I met up with her, we were talking about like TV shows and stuff that we were watching at the time, and she was the one who mentioned The Mandalorian, not me, she was the oh, one right. who brought The Mandalorian up and saying, are you watching The Mandalorian? Yeah. And I went, I, I actually had to pause for like a minute and say, <laughs> are you watching The Mandalorian? And she's like, yeah, hey, I love The Mandalorian, and it's it's literally baby Yoda but yeah that that goes back to what you're saying is that something i think that's sometimes how star wars sucks you in is that they present something so cute well yeah i mean everyone just falls for it and goes for it so like baby your baby baby yoda baby yoda is um <laughs> baby yoda is like the cutest thing you could ever imagine he, like he's, obviously he's yoda appeal, on his own is adorable it, it, it is but it goes back to like it, they've been doing that trick for years. So you go back to Return of the Jedi, mm. and they're like, "Oh, we need an alien race to to fight the stormtroopers on this forest <laughs> planet." What what's gonna sell loads of toys? I know little teddy bears. Let's hire a bunch of dwarves. put them yeah, in Warwick little Davis teddy bear in suits. Yeah, Warwick Davis has been minted off the back of Star Wars. <laughs> Just pop, put them in everything. <laughs> But no, it goes back to like cute little teddy bears. Even Chewbacca's sort of cute, even though you'd probably rip your arms off from the sockets.
1: Yeah, he'd kill you. But, like.
0: Yeah, exactly. It has that universal appeal, I think, Star Wars, and that um, people can find stuff cute in it. People can find stuff compelling in it. Moments of absolutely, like, what the hell's going on? Moments mm. of, um, that's absolutely amazing. But there's just, like, a broad... Array of what it can offer, Star Wars. I think to people that, yeah, at this time now, I think there are parts of it that you'll that will suit everyone. Um Definitely. If you don't like one part of it, you'll like a different part of it, which will probably certainly come into effect for me and you towards the end of this episode when we talk about <laughs> the the new ones. But for me, the old films are just absolutely fantastic, and yeah. they will always be absolutely fantastic.
1: I think it comes down to, um. think you've touched on this the storytelling it's sublime you know it's classic suspense and adventure and you know like we said below the surface level you get rid of all the the space stuff that people might not necessarily be into it's just a fantastic story
0: yeah 100% it's it's very um it's very Shakespearean in a way Mm. it's like just a huge journey for all the characters and it goes back to you know tales like knight's tales and stuff like that it's it's something that it's something that isn't new it's good versus evil and stuff Mm -hmm. like that but there's something about the way it's told and the way that it's been written and put onto screen that has just made it so universally loved around the world it is probably my favorite film franchise and you know, I am. Um, if someone asks, like, "Are you a nerd about like Marvel or DC?" I'll say, "Yeah, yeah I'm into sort of stuff," but I'm an actual nerd about Star Wars. Like, yeah. there's there's stuff about law and Star Wars that I know, and I just find really really interesting. Um, that's what I mean about it, though. Like, if if you if you love it that much, you can go that far with it, where you can get into the lore of it and the nitty gritty, and yeah. Get so invested into it, but then if you just like it for a cute little baby Yoda, then you mm. can also enjoy it on that front as well. Yeah,
1: that's an interesting point actually, because I think that's sort of what's going to separate you from a lot of people when we come to talk about the sequels. Is the yep. the, the proper nitty gritty, the lore of Star Wars, all that stuff that the the proper fans love so much. But um, we won't uh, we won't go there. yet we'll get there soon. We'll tease it for now. But
0: we won't, we'll get there. So, me and Adam were lucky enough to actually live through, basically as kids, Star Wars films. Obviously, the prequel films came out when we were about seven or eight. Um, mm-hmm. I think The Phantom Menace came out when I was about eight. Yeah. Um, But I remember going to see them films as a kid. I think they're probably some of my earliest memories of going to the cinema. I'm going to watch them films. Um, I remember my dad used to fall asleep in them, but <laughs> I I enjoy I enjoyed them. I remember still being blown away as a kid. Even though, as I grow older, and I still watch them films, they're not as good as what they were to me as a kid. Obviously, like George R. Binks is in them, and he's an absolute <laughs> diabolical character. Um, I don't I don't understand what he was thinking. With, that, with Jar Jar Binks no I don't I think originally he wanted something similar to Chewbacca and it, it just wasn't Jar Jar Binks it just wasn't a Rastafarian alien um, <laughs> Jar Jar's just so abysmal but it's to say and there's just so much going back and watching especially the first film there's a lot of Jar Jar and there's just so much like trade negotiations and discussions mm. And it's just really political for a mm-hmm. <laughs> for a Star Wars film. Um, but then it sort of sort of redeems itself at the end when when there's that lightsaber battle and Duel of Fates is on and Darth Maul pres- shows us, shows us his lightsaber and it's like whoa, go ahead lad that's an incredible um, scene it is that it is it is uh, it is probably in my one of my top three Star Wars moments because the music just hits yeah the doors it's, it's open. Awesome. He's it's standing awesome. there in his in his hood, looking like a badass. Yeah. The two jedis are like, "We'll deal with this," and it's like, "Oh my god, what's going on here?" <laughs> and then he gets his lightsaber like, out, which isn't an innu- innuendo. And <laughs> there's two of them, and I it's know, like, as know. a kid, as a kid, it blows your mind. It honestly blows your mind. Obviously, there's pod racing and stuff in that film as well, which yeah. I thought was really really cool. There's the the jab of the whole family, which was really really funny. <laughs> It's just a baby jabber. Um how would they have sex, by the way? That's really weird. No nah, <laughs> That's 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 just that's just come into my head. Get it out. How would the baby jabber be <laughs> Nah stop it? Um but yeah that I wouldn't say it's it's great, the prequel films, but I grew up with the prequel films and I have a lot of yeah. love still for the prequel films. Attack of the Clones is abysmal. Like no, it, uh, that is I that know is I've just crappy. said I know I've just I know I've just said that I've got a lot of love for the prequel films. But Attack of the Clones is such a tough yeah, yeah, watch, that, honestly. That middle film is um, crap. It is, it is. But um but even then you still get um Django Fett in it. Like Django mm. Fett's boss. I know he I know spoiler, he dies in that film, mm. but you get to see like that that space battle with Obi Wan Kenobi and he's in Slave One. It's like goes back to what I was saying in the, the other episode about the Batmobile and the, how it roars. Yeah. That slave one making its noise with the with the guns. It's it's like it's amazing. It's like honestly, it just makes such a cool sound. <laughs> and as a kid, again, it blows your mind. Um But no, the, the the second film shite. Yeah. It's sort of it still builds up towards something and then the third film I think It's fantastic, to be honest. I mean, the dialogue and stuff and the acting's a bit off. We'll get into that in a minute. (laughs) But I think as a film to conclude that series, that you sort of know how it's going to go anyway because you know, obviously, from the original films, what's going to happen. It's so amazing to to see it happen on screen still and how it happens. Obviously, like Ewan McGregor plays Obi-Wan throughout all three films. I am going to go in a bit of a Ewan McGregor love fest here. Ewan McGregor is the best thing about the prequel films. I absolutely adore Ewan McGregor just for the prequel films. He gives it his all. You can see he's having fun doing them. And I think in that third film, he is absolutely fantastic mm. in everything he does in it. Um, there's the, the the last fight scene with against Anakin, even though Hayden Christian is probably the worst actor <laughs> behind Michael Caine. Um <laughs> He's like he he's still working with it, he's still enjoying it, you mm. McGregor, um, obviously, there's not the best lines of dialogue for Hayden, um, yeah, so like so memorable lines such as, "If you're not with me, you're my enemy, and um, <laughs> I should have known the Jedi were plotting to take over <laughs> in my point of view. The Jedi are evil, awesome <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just so so botched the dialogue. There is some, I, there's a little fact actually about the dialogue for you is that um, th- the first film was written by George Lucas and directed by George Lucas and the screenplay as well. Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, they were written by George Lucas, but the screenplay was actually wrote by um, someone else. The, oh, right. the, so obviously George Lucas would write the story and stuff like that and then someone would adapt it and mm. do the the screenplay so uh, actually Lawrence Kassadan wrote the screenplay mm. for um Empire's stripe empire strikes back and return of the jedi and he also did Raiders of the Lost Ark he's he's actually a really well known and he's actually a really good script writer Lawrence Kassadan in his own right um and I think he actually went back to the Star Wars films and done a couple of the sequels I know he did um I know he did Force Awakens yeah and he w- he helped on that one it, it it shows in the other films because then when he come back around to do the prequels, George Lucas, he just went back to writing them all himself and Lawrence Cassidy yeah. didn't have a say in them. And yeah. it tell it shows in the dialogue because it's absolutely abysmal. <laughs> it's like he's there's the bit in number two the number two, sorry Ad but there's the yeah, bit yeah. in number two where he's like I hate sand. <laughs> it, it gets, it gets everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and It's just like, oh my God, this is like a shite.
1: some, some part of the dialogue. It's like George Lucas has just imagined the scene in his head. He's imagined how it's going to look and all that. And it's going to look great. But then it comes to the people like talking to each other. And he's like, um, yeah, um, I'm sure it'll be all right. It sounds great in my head. And then he's seen it and he's let it go ahead. And he's still released it. Yeah, and yeah. It's like literally that whole trilogy is just a meme. <laughs> not to say not to say that they're crap films. They're they're like, you know above par maybe slightly. They've got a bad they they've got a really bad rap, but I think now that you can compare them to something else yeah. that's not the original trilogy, then they're not so they're bad. They're not so bad now. But I think um Phantom Menace, that's like my earliest memories of Star Wars. I think like having them on video and stuff. I think the first time I watched it, we rented it from um, a Blockbusters, mm. The Phantom Menace, and we had to like. I was saying to my mum, like, can we get can we get it again? Can we get it again? So she just ended up buying it yeah. for me. And like like with my Lord of the Rings video, that last like half an hour is just destroyed on the tape because I've watched it that many times. It's Amazing,
0: Duel of Fates, honestly. After this, you listen to this podcast, please just go and put Duel of Fates on and listen to it as a piece of music because it is absolutely fantastic. Mm. John Williams knocks it out of the park, as he does for the original films as well. But I think Duel of Fates is honestly his best work on the Star Wars films, 100%. It's absolutely spectacular. And you'll probably hear it in... I'm a Sleb in that episode, along with all the <laughs> Hans Zimmer music, because they have got a little thing for dual fights as well. Apparently, the people who do Armor Sleb, certainly for me and you, we grew up on them films. They've got a special place in our heart. It doesn't matter how bad they are or yeah. how bad we think certain parts of it are at the moment. We still have memories from them films that mean something to us um and carry a lot of weight behind them. So, especially like we've just said then the Darth Maul thing and you just absolutely flipped. Yeah. It is like one of them moments as a kid where you just get absolutely hooked on mm. a film and then a franchise in the end. Looking back, yeah, they used to get a lot of hate and I used to give them a lot of hate as well, but they're not so bad. They're not I think a better script a better script writer, and stuff like that and they would have been mm brilliant i think especially if you look at the if, again if you look at the free film arc it's really good it's strong mm. you see someone go from a kid and he's the chosen one and he's like this innocent boy and then he goes obviously into um a young adult and he's naive and stuff and you can see still look good in him but he's still mm. he's still learning to control stuff and then obviously in the third film he falls, and that's such a Shakespearean way of doing it. Um, and obviously, there's Obi Wan Kenobi, and he's like uh, the master who has mm. basically failed himself because he hasn't brought up this young child how he should have done. Mm. It's it goes back. It goes back to the father and son element of Star Wars, which runs right the way through. Mm. The, the, the original films and the prequel films um, even though Obi-Wan isn't Anakin's father he takes him under his wing and yeah. in the end he fails him um, and I just find that even now watching it now watching it back I just find it really compelling um, but yeah I, I just love them films even like Mace Windu's got a purple lightsaber Mace Window is Samuel L. <laughs> Jackson yeah, That's he, he was always cool. going to
1: make his way in
0: there. Um, Yoda yeah, doing mad flips and parkour <laughs> in, in the in the second film, and then taking on Palpatine in the first. That that fight is so boss as well. Like <laughs> George George Lucas and was forced right. We're going to take that that fight in the first film with Darth Maul. We're going to take that, but then we're going to add another fight alongside it. And it was just it just works. It just bangs. Honestly, mm. it does. <laughs> um <laughs> because you've got the Anakin versus Obi-Wan and then it, it cuts back to Yoda going off against Palpatine and it's yeah. just abs- it's like both fights that you really wanted to see happen at the same time, it's amazing <laughs> but no, I, I do love the prequel films and a lot, of, a lot of good stuff actually come out of the prequel films um, I don't know, I know a lot of people obviously it's a kids TV show but Star Wars fans still watch it because it's really rich with the lore and stuff but The Clone Wars TV show come on on the back of it. Um, If you haven't seen the Clone Wars TV show at all on Disney Plus, it's fantastic. Honestly, it's really, really well written. George Lucas planned it all out, but he actually didn't um, write it himself. There's new episodes coming out actually once a week. It's the final season, Um, but he gives creative control basically to... Um, Dave Filoni, was a well-known American animator, and he did the whole he was the showrunner for the whole um, the whole show and it's just a fantastic show, it goes into the lore a bit more um, and it just examines the characters a bit a bit further, even though it's a kids TV show, it does go quite deep at moments um, and it introduces you to Ahsoka Tana which I'll just say I'll, I'll, I'll give a brief description of ahsoka tana so ahsoka tana is a female alien sort of character who is who becomes um anakin skywalker's apprentice in the middle of the clone wars um becomes disillusioned by the jedi order and leaves the jedi order she doesn't turn to the dark side she stays good but she becomes something called a gray jedi um which means that she doesn't she uses the Force, but she doesn't follow the Jedi code in using it, so it basically means she can kill people. Mm. But she's an absolute badass. Like, honestly, just go and watch that cartoon, that TV show, just for Ahsoka Tana, because she's absolutely fantastic. They then made Star Wars Rebels, which is set after the original... Um, it's set after episode three, in between episode three and four. um, And obviously Darth Vader's in it, then Anakin Skywalker turns into Darth Vader. Spoiler. Um... They actually do an episode where darth vader faces ahsoka tana and it is honestly one of the most compelling things i've ever seen it's like absolutely fantastic um sick. just for a kid's cartoon show but it's, it is it is absolutely bonkers it's sick um it's well worth a watch on youtube bit of a tangent there but honestly the clone wars go i can't recommend the clone wars enough and they come off the back of the prequel films um a lot of good Video games come off the pre- the back of the prequels um, because I think, especially the last, the third film, how it happened, like how the Jedi f- fell, it was so dark and how they killed all the all the Jedi, um, and obviously now when you're queuing up on Mackie's and you get number sixty six, or the oh, sixty six,
1: yeah. mm-hmm. you've got to shout it out.
0: Happened to me once, fortunately. Oh, it's just the best feeling.
1: I think it was like probably the best twenty seconds of my life. I mean only about four people it last. Is.
0: But... It's it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, the prequels as as bad as a rapper's I think they get or they did get. They're not as bad as what they are or what people think they are. No. Um there there are still plenty of moments that you'll find and you'll love with them.
1: Definitely. I think um Phantom Menace and Revenge of the Sith especially. They're they're really good films. I'm not we're not sitting here saying that they're fantastic or close to the original trilogy, but I think to watch them, especially um people our age who were into them as kids, they're just a really a really great watch and it's it's interesting as well for the original audience to sort of see um the story before well, the story that made the characters they sort of fell in love with in the original trilogy. So Uh, yeah I think it was a good job on them Um, sort of glad they were made
0: well done George
1: yeah good job mate Um, (laughs) solid bit shit with the dialogue but yeah solid (laughs) 6 out of 10 on them well done mate
0: Commander contact your troops tell them to move to the higher levels very good sir oh by the way I think you'll be needing this thank you Cody now let's get a move on we've got a battle to win here yes sir The time
1: has come. Execute Order 66. Yes, my lord. Okay, so uh, obviously, Revenge of the Sith was in 2005, so that was the end of that um, prequel trilogy. And then in 2012, Disney bought the rights for Star Wars, um and they did that for four billion dollars. Um which obviously is an insane amount of money. But well, um massive within the first four films they made four point eight billion. So I mean wow, the money was there to be made. So uh obviously worked out well for Disney. Uh a hundred percent not yeah. really well for anyone else though.
0: <laughs> no no. So, no at all. It, it obviously coming out of um, Disney's CEO, Bob Iger, um, just going on a massive spending, spending spree. Like, during so that time when your mum and dad would give you, like, 20 quid pocket money instead of, like, a fiver? And you'd go absolutely fucking mental. He was like that. He was like a kid in a candy shop. So I think he bought Star Wars. He'd got... He then... All in the space of, like two years, he bought Lucasfilm, so he had mm-hmm. Star Wars, Indiana Jones. Um, he bought Marvel. Um, even though they'd work with Pixar, Disney actually didn't own Pixar, so he bought Pixar, Jeez which is Christ now Walt Christ. Disney Pixar. Um, he just went on a mad spending spree. It was absolutely mental.
1: Basically took, took over the world.
0: Yeah, and then he went quiet for a bit, and then he decided, oh, we're going to buy 20th Century Fox as well. And now he just controls... Controls everything, um, all all forms of em- entertainment. He is Hollywood. Um, he he is. He's Mr. Hollywood. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, re- I remember seeing the news that um, Disney had bought Star Wars, and the first thing that came into my head was theme park. Um, not yeah. not a new movie franchise, but actually like a, a Star Wars theme park, which I thought would be absolutely amazing. Obviously, there is a, da- a Disney. Star Wars like a little part of it now isn't it a that a section, that's Star yeah. Wars. um and I really wanna go and see it because it looks absolutely fantastic um but that was the first thing that came into my head and then um and then it was announced obviously that they were gonna move forward and start making more Star Wars films the first announcement was Kathleen Kennedy wasn't it as so. Obviously, George Lucas ran Lucasfilm. Yeah. Um, but as soon as they purchased it, I think he relinquished it. um, And Kathleen Kennedy was put in place and she was... Like. And is the current president of Lucasfilm. Mm. For those of you who don't know who Kathleen Kennedy is, she is um, a film producer. She works very closely with um, Steven Spielberg. So... E. T. Jurassic Park, all produced by her. So initially, it was gu- it was a good, a good hire to be honest. Yeah. yeah, Um, someone of that caliber coming into coming into it. So I think she was hired, and then it was announced that they were going to do a new a new trilogy. Yeah. To follow on the back of the original trilogy, so it would be mm-hmm. the sequel trilogy. And then we sort of started getting little announcements here and there of what else they were doing. So they were going to do. Yeah. Um, they were gonna do a new trilogy and then they were gonna do standalone films away from them trilogy yeah um they were gonna start doing t v shows they just started announcing like it was like a new announcement everything. every week of something <laughs> everything it was yeah. like i was being very small minded when I just had theme parks in mind but <laughs> they just, they just announced like they were gonna do all sorts with it um which at the time i was so excited for obviously massive star wars fans me and you, that Something like that, like new content, would be fantastic.
1: I think everyone got really pumped for it. To be honest, like you're looking at the the middle of the 2010s, and if you look at cinema around then, especially sort of CGI and special effects and stuff like that, everyone was just thinking, mm-hmm. "What new Star Wars films? This is going to be insane." But we'll get onto it. But to be fair, I think one of the only <laughs> redeeming sort of qualities of these films is. The effects and the and the way they look,
0: hundred percent. The production value on these things is absolutely fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. the way they look, the special effects, and also the the costume and the use of real yeah. effects as well. Which yeah, the, the practical effects is something, yeah, which is something that should should always be used. I think throughout film.
1: Yeah, particularly in Star Wars as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. In that regard, they they hit the nail on the head, and there's no fault with with any of that however here we go everyone we do have faults we do well before I go before I go off on a massive rant about these films there are there are bits of Disney's reign over Star Wars that I actually have enjoyed Mm. um well it's dictatorship of Star Wars should I say because it does feel (laughs) like a dictatorship um but there are bits of it that I have enjoyed um so i alluded to rebels before the cartoon that came out under disney's ownership um we spoke about the mandalorian before absolutely fantastic tv series i can't recommend it enough um but that's all been made by disney john mm-hmm. favreau has been the showrunner on that so he's yeah. overseeing the role but he's had different directors come in direct episodes the production design on on that is insane. Like, that's a TV show, and it's absolutely insane. Like, it's it literally, literally just looks like it's coming out of the film. Um, but can't recommend The Mandalorian enough. It's fantastic. Please go and watch it. It's worth the subscription to Disney Plus alone. Rogue One. Yes. I do want to talk about Rogue One. Yeah, Because, yeah, Rogue One for me is top three star wars films it's fantastic it's so good it's 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 not a star wars film it's just a war film yeah um but set and it's it's a war film set in star wars universe mm. is how i describe rogue one it's fantastic yeah. honestly it's so good the the characters the it it just feels like everything's really intense and it goes back to The original trilogy, obviously, it's set, um, in between the three and four. It's like just before episode four starts, um, but it certainly carries that weight of it in that the empire is such a evil thing, like an evil, not an evil thing, like an evil, like it's a big, massive shadow over the whole galaxy, and it just feels like the odds are like so small and stacked against the rebels and stuff like yeah. that, it just feels fantastic, and how it did in the original films. It's got that one scene that yeah. I think everyone has waited for, for years to see. Um And it is, of course, Darth Vader going absolutely mm-hmm. berserk. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. It's Honestly, unbelievable, it gives, isn't it? it gives me, it's unreal, that scene. There's There's the... There's the thing with Darth Vader is that when he came out in the original films he was seen as like the ultimate bad guy, the ultimate villain. Um the ultimate like there there was no one badder no more no one eviler than Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. And then episode three comes out and he screams, No at the end of that one and he's just this big dopey Anakin in a suit. And it sort of took the gloss off Darth Vader a bit. It sort yeah, of made definitely. him like a bit of a laughing, a bit of a laughing stock. But that scene just puts him right back into making the absolute like terror. Yeah. He's a nasty in, bastard in the rebels' eyes when he's absolutely cutting them down. He's, yeah. he's just merciless. He's he's an absolute monster, mm. and I absolutely love him for it. There's the bit where he like. There's so many bits in that scene. It only lasts about like thirty seconds, <laughs> but. There's the bit where he grabs a rebel, puts him up on the wall. Yeah. And he's just deflecting all the shots while this rebel's up on the wall screaming. <laughs> and as he walks past them, he just cuts him in half. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, Jesus Jesus Christ, this is a Disney film. And there's like <laughs> limb, limbs getting chucked everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an Everton away end. Uh-huh. But it's mad. Um but I absolutely mm-hmm. love it. There's, there's the thing about Rogue One as well, is that apparently the the last the director's cut, like the final cut of that film, Disney weren't happy with it at all, and they had someone else come in and rejig the film, yeah. and they had to reshoot a little bit of it. I remember this, yeah. There was loads of reshoots, wasn't there? Tons of reshoots for that film. Um, And in the end, there's a doubt over whether the director, Gareth Edwards. The final film that came out was his film. Mm. I don't think it was, but mm. nevertheless, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. Um And sadly, in a weird way, it's it's one of them where that was so good, and that's like a glimpse of what they can do. It's it makes the other stuff even more disappointing. Yeah,
1: it's like someone's dangled like big fat. Wad of money in front of your face, and you've like reached out and you've touched it, and that's Rogue One, and then they've just snatched it away, and then you've got to face the rest of it with absolutely nothing, and that's exactly what you get with the with the three films. I think, obviously, exactly Rogue One to on yeah. one side, but just just before we move on to uh, the 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 trilogy of death, um, I just want to touch on Rogue One. <laughs> it, like you said, it's a fantastic film, and I think it's so in, um, sort of interesting to see this sort of backstory that runs like you said um alongside, absolutely, um, yeah well pr- pretty much alongside a new hope isn't it obviously it's in between but um that's yeah. the same follows the same sort of objectives as the characters face in, in a new hope and hmm. you get this sort of um, especially in the original trilogy i think this sense of community within the characters that they've all got the same goal and that's what they're fighting towards yeah. that's the sort of overall um crux of the films so you get this sense of community, but you see the people basically at the bottom of the pile who are contributing to this fight, and it's not a typical film. You know, you don't get that sort of ending you want. I'm not going to spoil it because I, I want people to see this film and enjoy it. But yeah, yeah. When, when Jake says it's a war film, it it is. You get you get the ending of a war you'd expect. Well, not the ending of a war. You get the yeah. ending of a war film you'd expect. It's not um, mm. it's not all happy and glorious for these characters. It's a bit uh, a, bit of the opposite we'd say. But, no, yeah, look, yeah. I'm on on board with Jake 100. percent If you haven't seen Rogue One,
0: you've got to watch it. No, you've hit the nail on head. The 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 characters and stuff in this film, they're, they're, yeah. they're just so well developed. Um, I think compared to the other films, mm. um, it's just fantastic. It's just such a brilliant film it tapped into the original films and it tapped into even the prequel films in it Yeah. but at the same time it wasn't a Star Wars film, it was a war Mm -hmm. film and it was that weird blend that made it really, really good but I think really refreshing as well Um, and it sort of looked like they were going to go down a different route with these films Yeah. Um, obviously it came out after Force Awakens Mm -hmm. but it still felt like oh, this is what they're going to go with and it was going to really really be good um, and it was that like golden carrot being dangled in Frontier Face mm. um, but no I can't both of us we, we can't recommend Rogue One enough it's absolutely fantastic there isn't much time every day they grow stronger a 97.6% chance of failure. He means well. This is our chance to make a real difference.
1: Are you with me?